1: But sometimes God allows His believers to be martyred. The word martyr means witness. The Old English word martyr is uh, traced through the Latin from the Greek, martyr, which means witness. And Stephen became the first witness, the first martyr of the Christian church.
0: Welcome to another Daily Visit with Pastor Leighton Sheely. We call it Study Verse by Verse. And it's brought to you by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. As Pastor Layton begins, I want to share with you a verse from the book of Romans, the first chapter, the 18th verse. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth.
1: Now, when you read uh, Romans chapter 1, a passage beginning at verse 18, you notice that that whole uh, system, which we're not going to have time for today, begins with an attempt to suppress the truth. Their goal was to suppress the truth and keeping it from spreading any further. And so they passed a law to that effect. Now, the problem with their law was that it was in conflict with God's law. At the close of Matthew's gospel, Jesus said, "...all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." So Jesus commanded his disciples to go, that would include us, to go and make disciples. And that can't be done if you cannot speak or teach in the name of Jesus. And so Jesus said, go, and the court said, stop. So what did Peter and John do? How did they respond? Well, the story continues. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So, in effect, Peter and John said that if the commands or the laws of an earthly court conflict with the commandments of God, God's commandments win. Now, Peter and John said they were going to continue doing what was right in the sight of God. They were going to continue speaking of what they had seen and heard. And the court let them go, but that wasn't the end of the matter because in the next chapter, chapter 5, let's turn there. uh, The apostles, Peter and the apostles, are again brought before the court. Acts chapter 5, verse 27 And when they brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. So the first principle is, we must obey God rather than men. Now, the court was furious. They wanted to put the apostles to death. But a wise leader named Gamaliel, who, by the way, was the instructor of Saul, who later became Paul, gave a brilliant speech in their defense. And after presenting his facts, he concluded in verse 38, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. They were beat. And then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Question. Did they follow the court's law? No. Verse 41. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. And day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Publicly and privately, they violated the law because God's law always is more important than the law of any court of mankind. The first principle is, we must obey God rather than men. Now let's turn to chapter 6. And as you do so, I want to remind you of that phrase filled with the Holy Spirit because it appears in this story as well. We're in chapter 6, verse 8. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those of Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. And then they secretly instigated men who said, "'We've heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God.' So here Stephen is falsely accused of wrongdoing by the religious leaders and these uh, false witnesses that were hired. And he presents his defense in chapter 7. But he says something very interesting after presenting his defense in verse 51. Now, I want to remind you that he is surrounded by a corrupt court and false witnesses. And he says, you stiff-necked people. Uncircumcised in heart and ear, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your father not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the laws delivered by the angels and did not keep it. Surrounded by his enemies. Some people think that Christians are always supposed to be nice like doormats that people walk on. Sometimes Christians have to be confrontational. And Stephen knew he was surrounded by a corrupt court, but he was not intimidated. He knew the risk that he was taking for the sake of the truth, but he was going to speak the truth regardless of the consequences and leave the consequences in the providence of God. Now, sometimes God saves As in the case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were miraculously saved from the flames of the furnace. Daniel 3 tells the story. There was a king named Nebuchadnezzar who created this statue and passed a law that everybody was supposed to worship the statue when certain music played. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not obey that law because it contradicted the law of God which says in Exodus chapter 20, "'Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image "'or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above "'or that is in the earth beneath "'or that is in the water under the earth. "'Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them.'" And so when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, they said, "'O Nebuchadnezzar, "'we need not defend ourselves before you in this matter. "'If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, "'the God who we serve is able to save us from it, "'and he will rescue us from your hand, O king.'" But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They chose to obey God's law and put their fate in the hand of God. And on this occasion, God chose to save them from the fires of the furnace. But sometimes God allows his believers to be martyred. Now, the word martyr means witness. The old English word martyr is Uh, Traced through the Latin from the Greek, martyr, which means witness. And Stephen became the first witness, the first martyr of the Christian church. Verse 54, now when they'd heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, there's that phrase gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. And then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul, who later became the apostle Paul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then he, when he had said this, he fell asleep. He died. When Jesus hung on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Stephen reflected this grace of Jesus in his own death, asking forgiveness from God for the very people who were putting him to death. And why were they putting him to death? because he was confronting them for their sin. Stephen was willing to speak the truth regardless of what it might cost him. So the second principle is, leave the consequences in God's providence. First principle, we must obey God rather than men. Second, leave the consequences in God's providence. I'd like to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 16. As you do, I want to remind you of that phrase, full of the Holy Spirit, because you find that both in reference to Peter as well as in reference to Stephen. It's an important characteristic. Uh, Peter had it, Stephen had it. We need to have it too. Because when the time comes for us to stand up, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. And it's not a good time to begin searching for the Holy Spirit. You need to have already been tuned in to the Holy Spirit. You need to have been walking daily in the Holy Spirit, not in the flesh. We're in chapter 16, verse 16, as we were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much profit, much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And she kept doing it for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of profit gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews and they're disturbing our city. They, they advocate customs that are not lawful for us Romans to accept or practice. And the crowd had joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely." And having received this order, he put them into the inner prison, maximum whatever it is, and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. That was after a hard day, by the way. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all of the doors were open. Everyone's bonds were unfastened. And when the jailer awoke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. You see, back then, if you were assigned to protect prisoners and they got away, you didn't lose your job. You lost your life.
0: Well, if you're not familiar with how this story ends, you may be on the edge of your seat. Even if you do know how it ends, you still may be on the edge of your seat. We'll study the rest of this particular portion of Scripture on tomorrow's edition of Study verse by verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout, and I'm glad you were able to join us today. If you'd like to get in touch with us and learn more about this ministry and the church that brings it to you each day, Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, simply go to the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. You can also reach us by phone at 650-873-4095. If we can encourage you or pray for you, please feel free to call 650-873-4095. Come back tomorrow at this same time when we will open God's Word and study verse by verse.